The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. chapter in the incredible ape saga. There it is, our wars. This is the hell my forefathers used to speak about. This background radiation alone will give us 300 rentgens an hour. The battlefield, a dead city 12 years after the ultimate bomb has been dropped. The prize, the right to inherit what's left of the earth. The contestants, ape against man. The most unbelievable showdown ever filmed. As the mutants, strange, transformed men who live underground like moles, battle the apes to decide who will be master and who will be slain. They're getting away. Kill them. We who survive create a new race. In the aftermath of his victory, the surface of the world was ravaged by the vilest war in human history. Climaxing the epic series which made motion picture history comes the last, the most spectacular of all the ape adventures. Out of the forbidden city they roared to settle once and for all who had the right to rule the planet, ape or man. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema and slash Evil Never Dies podcast collaboration of the Planet of the Apes series. Fellas, we are up to movie number five and slash final of the original Apes series. We're, we're, we're not stopping there, though. We're going to continue on to the Mark Wahlberg debacle and the newer ones. And if we can find it, the Planet of the Apes TV series. So. We could do the animated TV show too. Oh, but I guess we should better t- tell everybody who we are. I'm uh, the host of the Tragedy of Cinema podcast, Jimbo. And I'm your co-host, Kyle Zayner, Tragedy of Cinema podcast. And with us today is... I'm Brett from the Evil Never Dies podcast. All right, Brett. Monkey boy, Brett. Monkey boy. So, <clears throat> uh, he made himself. Those of you that have listened to our podcast know I usually pick on Kyle um, and, and throw him questions randomly and and kind of mean to him sometimes. But when we get Brett on here, I think Brett gets most of the blunt uh, of my jokes and stuff. So, Brett, we're going to kick it off with you. Are you ready? Am I ready? No, I'm not ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> Out of the five 
movies we have watched so far, how would you rank them from first to the worst? Uh, I would probably go Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from Planet of the Apes. You go right down in order. Then this one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and then uh, the fourth one I'm not a big fan of. So like the, the Conquest? Yeah, Conquest of the Planet of the Is Apes. Is that where they kept yelling, no, yeah, no. No. <laughs> Kyle? Um, yeah, for me, um, I think number two is probably my least favorite of them all, going back in my head now. So probably like number one, then three, then um, I'm going to say four is my third favorite from there, and then five, and then three. Three is probably No, no, wait, three. No, three was a good one. Never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. So one, three, then four, five, two. <laughs> there we go. One, three, four, five, two. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jimbo, how do you feel? Um, I think number one, then this one, then, um, probably number three, two, and then there's just something about conquest with them training them and beating them. And it was just different. That one was, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It was just, it was like something was off. Like it was rushed. I don't know how to explain it, how it was shot. I don't know. There was just something different. When I think Planet of the Apes, I think out in the, out in the woods, you know, where they capture the humans and the things. And, and even in this one, you see a little bit of that, which is kind of a throwback to the, the first movie uh, when, um, what's his name? I want to say Aesop, but that's not, what what's the uh, the uh, uh, orangutan's name or whatever? That's an not orangutan, the gorilla. The gorilla. The, the general. Uh, was that this one? Aldo. Yes, right, you have Aldo. the Aldo, yeah. You know, when he rounds up all the humans and throws them in the cage, I think that's kind of a, like a throwback to the, you know, the first one. And uh, there's some de- several different stuff in there. But without further ado, Kyle, take away the technical aspects of this movie. All right. So the Planet of the Apes released, I'm sorry, Conquest for the Planet of the Apes released on June 15th, 1973. Um, uh uh, filming locations include the Hyperion Water Reclam- Reclamation Plant um, in Los Angeles, California, where it was filmed for all those I believe, outdoor shots and brothers indoor shots as well. So use that facility to get all that stuff done. Budget of the film was $1.8 million, which adjusted for inflation would be equivalent of about 12.4 today. So, you know, very modest for the time. You know, this is definitely the fifth sequel too. I believe they actually all in order have less and less money Invested into him each time because it gives us probably a slow return as well. So, um, movie was successful though with a gross of eight point eight four million. Just for inflation, that'd be about sixty point seven million dollars today. So, made a very good return on investment from that standpoint. So, very good on them in that case. Some of the technical details other in the film: this film has a runtime of one hour and thirty three minutes, which makes it very short. I, I usually like I think like a ninety minute movie, you know. I usually think of like an animated film or something like that usually nowadays. Um, so I was pretty quick on that thing. Um, sound mix. This is a straightforward mono Westrex recording system. Um, so it's a single channel audio format. This is a color film. Um, no particular color. Um, not, not like a, it, not necessarily technical for the time, but just a standard color for the 1970s. Aspect ratio is 2.39 by 1. And native format was a 35 millimeter film. And that concludes the technical details on that front. So we can go on to the cast notes here to Brett. The cast. Plot summary first with Brett's legendary plot summary. Plot summary? Plot summary. Let's do that. All right. Well, basically, this takes place after conquest for the Planet of the Apes. Supposedly, there's been a nuclear war, and uh, the apes and the humans, surviving humans, uh, are supposed to be like living in harmony and everything. And, but the apes still rule over them basically. So, yeah. And, uh, let's see here. Caesar, the, 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 as you know, from the previous film, he was the talking ape child that survived that survived 
and he became basically king of the apes is what he was so and then uh because of the end of the last movie where he led the revolt against all the humans right and they escaped exactly so they all stayed with him and I don't understand what you think that they would have made the humans slaves more or less. I guess they sort of were, but not, they were like, I guess free to leave and go as they pleased, I guess. Yeah. I, this, it got really confusing. Uh, cause I'm, I'm texting Brett and I'm like, Brett, I'm like, <laughs> what, what, what is Cornelius doing here? I said, is this, is this like time travel where we have Cornelius back from the future and now he's a kid? Um, but yeah. well, and then and then you then you have the people that have the um, the uh, what is it the uh, radiation? The humans that have the radiation where they're living in the city. Which, if you go back, I believe it's to the second one. They dropped that nuclear bomb, and that city was, you know, radiated back then. Um, so I they have to be tied to that somehow correct well the first nuclear bomb was this nuclear bomb from the second movie the city being destroyed was the same as this this nuclear bomb that was dropped yeah right. and the second movie was like a thousand years after where this one is yeah yeah maybe 20 years after if that you know or probably closer to 20, 10 or 15 maybe i don't know so what are you saying? There was a second nuclear bomb dropped? Well, the no, it was just one nuke, but it was the same city because we're still back in the past. Well, the second bomb was the one that in at the end of the second planet of the, the second bomb was the one that's that's destroyed the world. That's the <laughs> one they pulled over and it and uh Charlton Heston detonated it. Yeah, that's the one that blew up the entire world, the entire earth. So are you saying that this this one took place before that one? Yes. yes. By hundreds of years, the first two movies thousands take place about years, like a thousand yeah, years in the future. Years, yeah, these take place well, in like the see. Here's 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 what, here's, what I, here's, here's, here's what I don't understand. Okay, so I'll throw this out here since it's it's right here in my notes. So uh, Governor Breck, you remember him? Mm-hmm. Of the Apes. He was originally supposed to come back as the planned villain, but Don Murray, the the character, the actor that played him, wasn't interested. So Severin Darden was a valuable friend. So Breck's former security chief Culp was promoted to main villain. Yep. How can yep. we say that this this movie happened before two when two had the main leader and Culp is now the leader in this when he was the chief security guard later? Did you follow me? No, I kind of I'm misfollowing your your your. Uh... Okay, it's still a direct sequel to the fourth film, but that those both take place for the first two. Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. Three, four, and five take place. This is almost as confusing as the Halloween timeline. (laughs) Uh, I don't understand your confusion. (laughs) It's a sequel to four. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so it's not a direct sequel to two. No, direct direct sequel to three. No, four. Escape, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Escape from the Planet of the Apes is when they they, they got time the spaceship and left when the Earth blew up from from the nuclear bomb and from, from beneath two. the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Okay. You but this is direct, this is a direct sequel to four, though. Yes. Yes. Not three. Okay. Yes. Well, now that we've confused everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I can see it now. Uh, Battle of the Planet of the Apes takes place ten years after. The worldwide series fate resolutions that take place in four. So this is a direct. This is ten years after four, specifically. Yeah. So so somewhere between four and this one in those ten years, another nuclear bomb has went off. Yeah, the the first one, the first. This, this, it would actually be the first. Right, right, right. Bomb. The first yeah. nuclear bomb. Yeah, no yeah. nuclear bomb had gone off in Escape or Conquest in three or four until five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Carry yeah. on, Brad. So all right. <laughs> Sorry, I get sidetracked easily. So Caesar uh, is talking with uh, his, uh, I guess you, he, he, I guess you'd call him his human assistant, and because he was having some problems with Aldo the gorilla, and he's like, 
and the McDonald, his, 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 uh, assistant tells him, well, you can find out some stuff. Uh, there's video videos of your mom and dad over in the nuked out city over there. We can go check it out and you can see what they have to say, you know? So they make a trip to the forbidden city mm -hmm. along with, uh, the orangutan, uh, Virgil, Virgil. And you know, who played him, right? Oh, I'll no. get into that. I'll get into that when I do get that. Here a little Paul Williams. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to him tune up. But, uh, so they go and then they, the, uh, what do you call it? The, um, people there that are living in the city, the mutants, they chase them out of the underground area there and they go back to the, uh, jungle where they're staying at. So does Caesar, I'm trying to remember, does Caesar not get to get anything from his parents then? Yeah. He saw the videotapes, but okay. he just. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he recovers. Them they didn't really, they didn't really say story. nothing though. They, no, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't remember them making a big deal about this. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, no, no, like yeah. he, like he didn't learn anything. It was, it was just a, <laughs> like, a, oh, there's a, mom and dad. Hey, yeah, <laughs> that's all about basically all it was. He's like, that's my dad. That's, that's, that's not my dad. He gets to hear his mom basically explain what the future was in her world. And she was and drunk so too. She was drinking, to... she was drinking the apple juice plus. Yeah, that's yeah. where <laughs> you talk too much. Yeah, but that's where this is the first time Caesar's being directly told what their future was and what he feels like he might be doomed to recreate. So that comes to kind of the central kind of like, I don't know, plot of the film is like, will Caesar repeat the same mistakes of the old world or will he forge a new destiny where humans and apes can actually coexist peacefully? You know, exactly. so that's kind of like, like the crux of the film, if you will. You know, that's pretty cool. So the mutants decide they're going to go, go and attack them and take them over. And, uh, there's a pretty good fight about it at the end. So yep. basically the plot of the movie, <laughs> basically the movie, Brad just gave you the movie. <laughs> That wasn't a quick hypnosis, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's hypnosis. All you need to know is, is, is apes good. Owen. Oh, humans okay. And gorillas bad. <laughs> you forgot it. Oh, well, we'll talk and about ape, that. Ape shall not kill ape. That's what I was going to say. Well, you forgot a little important part there, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. So, Brett, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us that cast list? All right. First off, we got Roddy McDowell as Caesar. Claude Aikens as Aldo. Natalie Trundy as Lisa, his wife. And she's like been in every Planet of the Ape movie also. Uh, Severin Darden as Colt. And did you know he was one of the founding members of Second City out of Chicago, the comedy group? He's actually a comedian. Really? Cool yeah. Uh, Lou Ayers as Mandamus. Paul Williams as Virgil. And you know who, what's the most famous movie you've seen him in? Little Enos in Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you got that, Kyle. He was also, uh, I think, like, most recently I saw him in the, the Baby Driver movie. Came out in, like, 2019 or 2018, one of those. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah, he was in there for like a scene of late too. And he's a, he's a musician too. He's did a, did a bunch of songs for Three Dog Night. If you know who they are, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, classic. All right, next we got Austin Stoker as McDonald, Noah Keen as Teacher Abe, Richard Eastham as Mutant Captain, <laughs> John Houston as the Lawgiver. France Nguyen as Alma, Paul Stevens as Mendez, and John Landis was actually in this movie. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So that's it for the cast of Battle for the Planet of the Apes. All right. Moving so, on. Yep. So um, in this movie, I think it's very important that we need to establish first and foremost that Cornelius and his wife have a son. Not Cornelius. Caesar, Caesar and his, and his Caesar. 
as, as a as a son named Cornelius, which really started confusing me. That's what I started going. <laughs> what is going on here? So I guess he's named after his dad or whatever. After his, after grandpa. His, after yeah. his grandfather, yeah. So um that was very interesting. And basically they don't want their ape kids playing with human kids because there's the scene where the they're playing. <laughs> he says, What do you do? She what are you doing? He's like, Oh, and he falls on the ground and his mom comes right out. She said, What are you doing? He's like, I'm playing. She said, what are you playing? He said, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> a human kid had a stick, like a gun. Fred, did you ever have play guns outside with like a stick or whatever? Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, you absolutely. Yeah. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, so yeah. So that, that's a integral part of the movie. Another integral part of this movie is general Aldo. Um, he, he thinks that, Humans should not be in the council. He don't think they should have their help. He thinks they should all be locked up. They should be locked away. He basically doesn't want anything to do with the humans um, because they're making uh, like the gorillas, they're making the orangutans, and they're making some of the chimpanzees go to school. <laughs> so and he's like, "Why do we need to learn this?" <laughs> yeah, General Aldo is definitely kind of like the uh, the warmongering bigot of the film. He's the everything that's wrong in the world kind of character. Right. Like he, we just get rid of all the humans. We fine and bomb it all. You know, like you know, he he's meant to be kind of like the um, the you know the worst parts of humanity brought into the gorilla form as the ape and all kind of stuff too. So that's his basically his role is I am Batman number five. All right, here we go. I am going to ask Brett this question. Brett, who do you think Kyle would have been in this movie? I already know. Cornelius. You think he'd be Cornelius? No. Yep. No, I I think he would be the guy that's locked in the tree with all the guns that's been in there like twenty seven years or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. The armory, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. He's like, Mandemus. What was his name? Mandemus. Mandemus. Yeah, he's like, no, no, no. You can't have any because even even Cornelius himself's going there, and he's like, well, what do you need him for? <laughs> like for protection. We the, the did you notice how the human guy's like, yeah, it's a handgun, three handguns, and he's like. How about one? <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah Mandemus probably has a sweet gig. Yeah, he he I, I am gonna... the soul of my community. And it's like, <laughs> you, just, you just sit in a gun hut all day. It's all you do. Yeah, that's why I was like, this is Kyle, man. He just yeah. locked up in that. Up there. Nobody checks on him. He's got all the guns, all the toys up there. He's not doing anything. Yeah, someone asked me for anything. I go, ah, it's, it's why yeah, yeah. Said, no, no. I'm the ruler of the. I'm, I'm busy with the soul and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, they, they told him the throwing the community without doubt. <laughs> they're like, What what do you need a pistol for? And the uh orangutan Virgil says, uh, <laughs> he might want to McDonald might want to shoot his own food on the way. He might want to shoot a rabbit. He's <laughs> like to him, he says, have a good meal. He said, you need three guns for that or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just a commentary on gun control. It's all I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that was funny. So um so let me ask you this question. Do you think Caesar was wrong for going back to the city to find something for his parents when it was like forbidden for any of the apes to go there, right? Wasn't it like a forbidden zone? Well, he made the rule. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's I what he said in the movie too. He's like, Hey, I made the rules. I I decided I was gonna do it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I, think yeah, it was wrong, no. Was, was he wrong to go back necessarily? I I mean it did come with great cost, obviously. I think his his personal ape community probably would have been a lot um, more stable had he not gone there in the first place, and his exactly. son would like to still survive the film. Um, <laughs> but um, those actions did kind of come to the point where he came to his ultimate decision was to you know let humans and apes exist um, peacefully instead of treating humans as second class citizens, and that other shit in his next you know six hundred years or whatever of peace that's kind of brought there right. in the ending. So at the end of the day, it all worked out, but it came with a terrible, terrible cost that if Caesar may have recognized at the very beginning, he may not have paid. <laughs> so. Here was the thing that I, I texted Brett about, and I said, Brett, I said, you're telling me that General Aldo and them could see these three people coming back to the camp, but they can't see the scouting party of the mutants coming around here either. I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Cause they had to, they were tracking them. They were going the exact same path. I was like, 
okay, I guess. So, um, but did you notice how slow they were going to which one, the mutants, the mutants. Yeah. And their vehicles or vehicles were like going maybe like a half a mile an hour. Yeah. They're coasting. (laughs) Let's hurry up and get there. And did you notice how they were walking? They were kind of still walking like an ape. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, they're kind of limping along. Um, then we come to the part where, um, Cornelius, uh, yes, Cornelius's pet squirrel ran away, and he goes out at night trying to find it, and he sees a little little campfire, and he sees some gorillas all around, and General Aldo's talking. So, little mischief maker decides to climb up into a tree, and you know, swing over there like Tarzan, a couple couple of trees, and uh, Aldo ends up seeing him up there, and he's like, Cornelius, just come down. We want to talk. He's <laughs> like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> you know, he goes higher. So Aldo, Aldo's down there trying to say, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, basically kill the humans." Whatever he's saying, overthrow Caesar. Yeah. Um, and he chases Cornelius up the tree, and Cornelius is up there. He's like, "Come on, Cornelius, come on down." And uh, next thing you know, he brings out his machete and he starts whacking the branch, and Cornelius falls to his death. Spoiler alert! And um, well, he he didn't die right away. No, well, you could say that, but he. So he fell and and they all just took off. And um it was sort of sad to hear him say, Father. <laughs> <laughs> so his mom's uh, they're they're all looking for him. They're like, we don't know where Cornelius is. They said, Well, this girl ran away. Maybe he's out looking for it. So his mom goes out and she finds him. Um and then uh it's not soon after that I can't think of what's the human actor's name, the um the guy that went to the city with him. Oh, McDonald. McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, he, he picks up that branch and he looks at it. He says, oh, this, this is cut. This ain't no limb broke or whatever. Yeah. So I think he confides in Virgil later in the movie. And he talks about because Virgil's the one that ends up saying, even though you don't see it on screen, uh, that's implied. Um, but anyway, so now we've got to where the, hey. The mutants are coming to destroy the apes. You know, they they came to our city. We're going to just rid them of whatever they did. Um, There's still some harsh feelings there. Um, So they get there, and it is just a massacre, man. They are shooting flame, uh, cannonballs, whatever you want to call it, uh, torches. They're just destroying them. And I thought it was really cool how the apes f- f- fell back, you know, because by this time Caesar didn't want to leave his son's side, but they're like, hey, you know, it's not just your son that needs you right now. He said, it's every ape and human in this camp that needs you right now. Yeah. Um. So they, 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 but before this, Aldo had locked all the humans up while Caesar was away, locked them all up. And he said, martial law is in effect now. So it's kind of a throwback to the, the first movie where they're all in those bamboo cages, Prisons, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty cool when the Caesar comes out, you know, and he's like, uh, they said, put the barricade up, basically. And they're just throwing, like, their cards. They're throwing anything they can to try to stop these guys. If you watch the school buses, it's just running over it, you know. <laughs> and and uh, Caesar's like, fall back, fall back. And uh, so they all start falling back. Well, old Cornelius had a plan because the, the, the mutants, they roll in and there's a bunch of dead apes like on the ground. I mean, they've blown up probably six or seven tree houses by now. There's fire everywhere, smoke, gunfire. And there's, I mean, I started counting, man. I was counting like, man, there's 30 apes here laying around chimpanzees, orangutans, all of them laying around. I was like, man, I don't remember seeing that many fall. And, um, they they come face to face with Cornelius, the old clock Kleppo or whatever his name, Culp. Yeah, he comes to him and he's like, Ah, Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Now you will die, you you know, and he's ape. He kept going, Ape, you know, and it's, you can just see you can just see Caesar, man. He's getting he's getting mad. And he's like, uh, and then uh what's her name? What's his wife's name? Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, she goes. She yells something from the top of the thing because she's she's watching it, and then that's when Caesar yells. Now we fight like ape or whatever, and all those monkeys, chimpanzees, whatever you thought were dead, 
all jump up with guns and just start blasting away people. And then they start climbing on everybody, you know, fighting like apes like they used to, where they were just jumping on them, ripping them, punching them. Um, so there's a big struggle going on. But lo and behold, they the Cornelius is like, hey, no, don't kill anymore. We've killed enough. Let them leave. Take them or take them prisoner. Don't do any harm. Um, there's been enough killing or whatever. So Caesar still has a heart. He still wants to live in harmony. So you see some getting the bus. You see like one get on a motorcycle. He's just driving along funny by himself. And then you've got like the guy in like the Jeep or whatever. And then they weren't done because General Aldo had the horses with all of his gorillas up on the mountainside or whatever. Yeah, he come up on their flying. Here they come, man. Came up there and they were like, you know, just pointing their their guns in there, machine guns, just killing, throwing grenades and everything in that bus. He basically killed everybody. And this is where you come to the climax of the movie where Aldo faces Caesar because uh, Caesar said, release the humans. And Aldo's like, ah, he's like, no, we're not. We're not releasing them. He said, I am Caesar. I am going to release them. And he said, well, no, you're not anymore. I'm in charge or whatever. So they go into this big old long. I don't know. What would you would you call Argument. it a heart? Would you call what would you call it a heart to heart between Caesar and and Aldo at first? Uh, I, I, I I think guess. Caesar is trying to play, trying to plead for Aldo's life to a degree too. But well, then then Virgil said something like, uh, you know, well, ape has already killed a or whatever, and then that's when everybody knows that Aldo's the one. He's like that that branch wasn't broken; it was cut. And you you know, all those eyes are like, oh no, <laughs> like they got me. So, um, and then, then Caesar, man, I thought he was just getting ready to go, go ape, which he pretty much <laughs> did. So, um, although, you know, starts, to, I thought it was very fitting that Aldo started climbing a tree. Um, I was reading somewhere where they said that a orangutan or a gorilla like that wouldn't necessarily climb a tree to escape. They said that's more of a chimpanzee thing, which Caesar is. Um, wait, wait, so, wait, wait, you mean an ape wouldn't do that? No, a gorilla wouldn't. A gorilla wouldn't do that? Oh my, this movie, it's so unrealistic. What? <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Obvious there. An ape wouldn't do that. Wouldn't be in the army. Thank you for talking. What's going on here? He's a mutant guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So then, uh, Cornelius goes up after him. He's like, you murderer. You know, you killed my son. Um, murderer, he, he just starts berating him, and they go up to the very top of like this branch and, and are fighting. And basically, do you think? Uh, well, Aldo takes a knife out, a machete, and is getting ready to try to swing it at Cornelius. And Cornelius puts his hand up and grabs it. Do you think that Cornelius shoved him off, or do you think Aldo basically slipped? I think it was a combination of the two. I don't think, I don't think. Uh, sorry, not Cornelius. I keep saying Cornelius. You keep saying Caesar, Caesar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Caesar, you know, I, you know, Caesar, I don't think that he really cared to save him, but I think once he did it, you could see the remorse in his face. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think he was directly trying to kill he him. He asked Virgil. Very much not upset that he's dead. After he got back down and all that, and he asked Virgil, he was like, well, was it worth it to for a for for revenge for one ape to kill another ape and Virgil says only only time will tell it's like what's that mean Virgil's <laughs> hilarious dude <laughs> so oh. back what to the lawgiver and he's sitting around and he's he's uh teaching kids um and there's one little girl there with ponytails and she asks her questions or whatever and the little ape kid pulls her pigtail or whatever and there's a statue of uh Caesar, and it zooms in on Caesar, and you see a, a tear flow down his statues uh, from his eyes. So, uh, very, very cool. So, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about a little bit of trivia. So, uh, Mr. McDonald, who was Harry Rhodes in the Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, was also meant to return, but after Rhodes refused, the character was changed to his brother, and Austin Stoker was cast. Uh, Roddy McDowell and Natalie Trundy are the only cast members to appear in four of the five original Planet of the Apes movies. 
McDowell appeared in all except the first sequel, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, unless you're going to include the flashback sequence from the, at the beginning, which uh, which he received an uncredited appearance for from the first movie. Uh, also, Natalie Trundy did not appear in the Planet of the Apes 1968, but appeared in all four sequels. McDowell also starred in the television series Planet of the Apes from 1974. William Beckley, the British newscaster on Escape of the Planet of the Apes, and Woodrow Parfrey, Dr. Maximus on Planet of the Apes 1968, both appeared as chimpanzees on the series pilot, and Bobby Porter Cornelius on this film appeared as a young chimp on two episodes, the pilot being one of them. So hopefully we can get our hands on that TV show because I think it'd be cool to see uh, how this story fleshes out before they canceled it. Hope it don't leave us on a cliffhanger and then we're here talking about well what happened here? What what well, we been? They canceled it. <laughs> you know exactly. Uh here you go. During the battle at Ape City, uh, there are many scenes of tree houses exploding in flames. In reality, due to budget constraints, only one tree house was blown up. However, this explosion was filmed from multiple angles. These shots were then divided and edited into multiple places in the finished film to give it the illusion that many tree houses blow up. So I think that was pretty cool. They they saved some money there because you couldn't really tell. No, not well, really. No. Oh yeah, definitely. So good economic you know production value right there. Yeah. Um, this is supposedly the film that inspired Tony Menendez to create the Operation Argo during the Iran hostage crisis from 1979 to 1981 in which oh, he wow. took Iran in disguise as a film producer and had the hostages disguised as a film crew in order to flee the country. As such, a clip from the scene in which Caesar, uh, McDonald, and Virgil arrive in Forbidden City is shown in Argo in 2012, the movie. So hmm. um, all five of the original Planet of the Apes movies were number one at the U.S. box office when released. Uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes spent two weeks as the number one top-grossing film the week of June 17, 1973, it made four million eight hundred sixty-four thousand three hundred fifty-five dollars, and the week of June twenty-fourth, nineteen seventy-three, it made four million two hundred ninety-four thousand nine hundred thirty-four dollars. So, um, I don't know why they stopped making them. Well, they haven't now, but I mean, you know, you had a good thing going. I thought. Yeah. So they had like a you know like what is a a thirty-year lapse between films there. So yeah, because this was last one was seventy-three, the next one was two thousand one. So yeah, twenty-eight years later before they tried you know, the Tim Burton film. Um, and then another um, 10 years before they did Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So definitely a huge gap from here to there, for sure. So it is surprising they, they let it lay dormant for that long. Um, especially now that these movies are like, you know, the new movies, the new, you know, first three out of the Andy Circus films, you know, really successful, both critically and commercially. And that fourth one coming out this year, really excited about that. Um, he still had a lot more legs to go, <laughs> you know. A lot more. How good was how good was Roddy McDowell, man? Oh, awesome. I know. One awesome. of my favorite actors of all time. Awesome. Um, director Jay Lee Thompson was very unhappy about the budget limitations imposed on him. He had had to agree to direct the film before a final screenplay was even in place. Oh wow, that's a huh. uh, The scenes of Ape City in this film were filmed at the Fox Ranch, now Malibu State Park. The interior scenes of the dead city were filmed inside a waterworks plant. So when McDonald points and says, this is was uh, 11th Avenue, you can see they're surrounded by walls and they're not standing on the remains of a street corner. <laughs> so. That was pretty weird. I was like, this entire thing is buried, so I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Dean was supposed to have written the fifth installment in the series, but wasn't able to do so for health reasons. Instead, John Williams Corrington and Joyce Hooper Corrington were hired after the success of The Omega Man. Mm. Uh, Joyce Carrington later admitted that she had never even seen an Apes movie before being hired to write the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, 20th Century Fox had already decided to move the franchise to television before the production even began on this movie. So they were trying to cash cash in on it. Uh, Paul Dean had recovered from his bout of illness sufficiently to come in at the end of pre-production and do a rewrite of the script. Although he rewrote about 90% and changed the ending, he was only given a story credit by the Writers Guild of America. Oh my hmm. gosh. Talk about unrepresented you know, work there being done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, producer Arthur P. Jacobs died days after the film's release. Hmm. Uh, the previous entry, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, 
had incurred some criticism for being too violent. The intent with this sequel was that it should be more appealing to families and children in particular. Okay, so let's show an ape child die. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, we'll only kill one kid. It's fine. We'll blow up half a town, but we'll only kill one kid. Um, Let's see here. Ironically, actor Lou Ayers, a well-known and vocal pacifist, was cast as Mandamus, an orangutan in charge of the armory. What's so, not so ironic is that Mandam, uh, Mandamus was ardent in being the only ape with a key protecting the weapons from the warlike gorillas who would misuse the guns for offense and not defense for which they're intended. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why they just didn't bust in and get guns in, which they did. Uh, what the Basically, yeah. Uh, Culp is the only villain other than Dr. Zayas uh, to appear in more than one film in the series. Um, <laughs> they talk about how the, uh, with no explanation, how the, um, the the changing of the uh, cloth that the uh, gorillas and all of them were wearing. Uh, I'm not going to go into much of that. Uh, the uh, Irish alternative rock band Fight Like Apes took their name from Caesar's battle cry in the film, which they described as notoriously bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, I did think about their outfits a little bit. We're just like, like, oh yeah, we're all vegans now. It's like all your outfits have leather. What, what? <laughs> a conquest of the plenty, planet of the apes begins by letting us know that the year is 1991. In this movie, near the, the end year of future, day, 1991, <laughs> tells Caesar that the army has been his home for 27 years. This contradicts one of Culp's followers, implying that the war ended 12 years ago. Depending on how long it took for the apes to get out of the city and build their own armory. This movie should take place sometime around 2018 or soon thereafter. No, presumably the young Cornelius had been conceived during the previous film, making the setting for this movie occurring in 2003 or 2004. Considering that Ape City was apparently settled in a state forest, it's doubtful an army of any kind had been residing there in 1977, 27 years earlier, even less likely that an orangutan had been living in it there if there had been one. Oh, wow. So that's confusing the timeline a lot. Because even the description of the film on IMDb says... 10 years after the worldwide series of ape revolutions. But like you could say that's, you know, the, the conquest was the start and then how many years went by and the ape revolutions. And then, you know, 10 years after that is the battle. So the timeline is kind of confusing me there too, because just like, okay, so we are, you know, between 10 and 20 years after, you know, the fourth movie, I guess at that point, um, very weird. Uh, there's an like intentional- been rewritten several times. <laughs> yeah, there's an essential irony between Caesar and Aldo, other than one being a peaceful until pushed chimpanzee and the other a warlike gorilla. Aldo is named after the ape that led the revolt against humans in the original timeline while Caesar led the revolt in the second timeline. Uh, the film takes place in the early 21st century and, and 2670, 2670. Uh, let's see here. This is the film debut of Colleen Camp, but her part was uncredited. Uh, the prologue and epilogue where the lawgiver delivers his lectures takes place in North American uh, 2670, about three years before Charlton Heston Taylor's or Taylor uh, makes his final report aboard ship in the original film's prologue. The ship's chronograph records Earth time as uh, March 23rd, 2673. So they tried to throw some stuff in there to make it seem coherent. You know, you yeah. got to give them a little credit. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Paul Williams was scheduled to appear on the February 9th, 1973 episode of The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Did you like Johnny Carson there, Brett? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kyle, did you ever see Johnny Carson? I've seen a lot of old clips, but I've not like sat down and watched the show, obviously. Uh, well, while we'll, well, this is while Williams was filming scenes as the orangutan Virgil. Rather than canceling, William chose to forego getting out of his ape makeup and costume and appeared on the show introduced by singing Here's that rainy day, all while in costume. I think I remember that, dude. Once over at Johnny Carson's desk during the interview, he quipped that his unusual appearance was the result of seven months of nothing but banana daiquiris. I think I remember (laughs) that. I think I remember seeing a clip of it. Well, yeah, see if we can find that clip on YouTube somewhere and post it in the Facebook groups. Oh, yeah. Um, in the earlier drafts of the screenplay, Caesar had developed radiation poisoning after returning from the dead city, experiencing hair loss throughout the rest of the film. That'd been pretty, pretty cool to see. Ah, um, let's see here. Would have been a lot of pressure on the makeup and effects from it too, I guess. The Planet of the Apes, 1968, made his television debut in September 73 on CBS. 
Beneath the Planet of the Apes um, in October of 73, Escape from the Planet of the Apes in uh, 71, and uh, that was in 71, was in November of 73. Strangely, strangely, both Conquest of the Planet of the Apes and Battle of the Planet of the Apes didn't show up until television until 1975 after the cancellation of the TV series. Even Stranger, CBS presented both of these later films in heavy, heavily edited 90-minute showings. So I wonder if they would have showed those films first if the television show would have been more successful. Maybe. Almost undoubtedly, I imagine. I don't know why the TV show, why they say it wasn't successful. I thought it was really good. How old were you when it came out, Brett? Uh, seven, eight, maybe. Could be why. Yeah. Um, at the end of the film, when Aldo is confronted with his crimes, he flees to the trees. Gorillas are ground dwellers. He would never retreat to the trees, which we talked about, especially if he's being chased by Chimp, the most prominent tree-dwelling ape. Um, discounting footage from Escape from the Planet of the Apes and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Roddy McDowell, Caesar, does not appear until 13 minutes in the film. So there we have it. So, Brett, give us your thoughts, feelings on Battle of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, uh, I like this movie. Uh, I don't think it's as good as the original for sure. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just like that with sequels and originals. So, but, uh, sort of cheesy in a way. There's a lot of cheesy parts. No. Uh, <laughs> like, like, uh, I think you, you used to talk about, they changed the costumes out. You could really tell that. Yeah. Uh, especially the gorillas costumes. They were like more brighter purple color than the like the in, in the other movies that are like a like a drab purple, and they're like sort of shiny almost. And uh, I wasn't a big fan of that. I think they were too flashy for being, you know, warring gorillas. So yeah, or living uh, in the woods for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, but other other than that, the special effects are good. Um. Yeah, I like it. So what are you gonna give it out of uh how many bananas are you giving it out one to ten? <laughs> how many bananas? Bananas. I'll give it a five and a half bananas. Five and a half bananas. Yep. All right, Kyle. Uh maybe make it more of like a retrospective on the whole series, I guess. I feel like it dealt so much of like the kind of the anxiety of nuclear Armageddon and this film tries to deal with the idea of what is a post nuclear Armageddon and how you deal with that. And is there a path or path is there a path for peace in the future? And I think it does make a little fun kind of ham fisted, slightly liberal message of like, how peace is possible. Can't we all just get along? We just have to know our enemy and humanize them. And I think that's like a little, that's a, that's a nice message <laughs> for the seventies and even today to a degree. So I enjoy it on that level to a degree. Um, overall production values, I think this is definitely the film that shows its budget constraint the most of all the films, I think. So that's kind of gives a little bit of a weaker kind of point to it, as well as the writings a little bit. Just everything here feels a little more cheaper, you know, almost like, you know, in a way of like, this almost feels like when the other, all the other films for this felt like films, this feels very much closer to a TV budget in my mind. Yeah, when I watch corners it. were definitely cut. Yeah, definitely. Like, and you can, you can really see it here where I feel like you could have, you could really avoid it in the last week. Like there were stuff they accomplished in Conquest of the Planet of the Apes and the films before. And I'm like, that's really impressive actually for the budget returns they had. This one, I really feel like they were straining um, under that budget for this whole film um, to get as far as they did. And I'm, I'm impressed they got as far as they did, but also it, it shows. <laughs> you know, it feels like this is a world of a hundred people, <laughs> including the apes. And that's kind of rough. Um, but overall, this film is probably, you know, uh, first, you know, it, 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 it's just, it, this film is better than it ought to be considering those budget constraints and all kind of stuff too. So on that level, I'm probably going to give it like a, I'm probably going to give it six bananas, you know, for me out of 10 and say, this is a pretty all right film. Definitely not the strongest of the series. In fact, I probably put on the weaker half of this whole series overall, but um, I'm still happy. I watched, I'm still happy. It's part of the series and that, you know, it's not, it's not unwatchable, which is good when you have a series that's gone on this long, including just the first five movies. And now the other, you know, five or, still have to go and then of course the tv series if we can get around to getting that stuff done so you know overall happy i watched it jimbo how do you feel about a well battle for the planet of the apes well to me bringing ronnie mcdowell back was probably the best thing they ever did to have him play the kid you know he was the dad in the first 
whatever. And then he was the, now he's the kid and now he's the dad. Um, just a great actor. I mean, he just, he just played that part so well. Yep. I enjoyed Virgil hilarious, uh, man, 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 Mandiza. Well, we'll call him Kyle, uh, hilarious. I was cracking up when he's like, no, no, no. You know, we only need one handgun. <laughs> he's like, what else do you need? Like magazines, ammo, you know, <laughs> they're giving him, he's giving him, you know, just select a few things. And, um, so I liked him and, and, you know, I, I think Aldo did a really good job too. Um, I think personally that I think this probably has the most entertaining fight scene out of all the ones we saw. Um, the one where they were just doing the, 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 the street rage, the last one where they're fighting in the streets and the captivity. I, I guess it might've been too dark for me, like, like not dark, but like seeing stuff. Uh, because yeah. they were all in that city and they were in the shadows and everything, you know, fight like apes, and the, you know, and all that. Um, I think, I think, I think I enjoyed the the fight scene a lot more. There was explosions, there was gunfire, there was death, um, and and I think the the subplot within the plot where Aldo's trying to take over the apes and get rid of the humans, while Cornelius or Caesar is trying to fight fight the humans and make peace, and then has to come to find out that he still has to fight his own kind. I think that 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 drew me into this movie more than than the other movies. I still think number one, you can't touch it. It's it's it it is what it is. It's, it's one of the greatest of all time. Um, but but yes, I will have to give this seven seven and a half bananas. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, and and it told a story, even in a kind of a shorter time frame than I'm used to. It it, it got in and got out. You know, um, I I wish it would have dove a little bit more into like. Uh, Caesar, you know, getting something from his parents that he could bring back to the village, even though it was small with what he got to see, uh, you know, if, if they would have gave him a little something else, something that he could have took back to the people and say, hey, here's my family. This is this is our heritage. Any you know? keepsake at all of, yeah, of his legacy. Right. Anything. Anything. Yeah. You know? uh, it's 2670. Surely they had something that they could <laughs> portable DVD player. They weren't invented yet. <laughs> something like that you know what i mean we're like hey look you know <laughs> or or if he broke the fourth wall and said hey mr cameraman can you play this back for my apes i'm not saying that but but yeah i think it's really enjoyable yeah. so here we come down to the end of the the five classics we are on the search for the TV show, which if we find that before we record again, we'll start. We're going to do an episodic review, episode by episode by episode, just so we can get our lore and get our, you know, what's happening at the time of this. If we can't get that soon, we will be moving straight into Brett's favorite, the Mark Wahlberg. Was it just called Planet of the Apes? Yep. Uh, yes. Planet of the Apes. Yep. So, and I tell Burton film. That has been a long time since I've seen that, and I I don't really remember a lot about it. I just well, I don't I don't believe it. Doesn't seem like it's been twenty two years that oh, it came out. I just remember the, I just remember like the apes with like those those helmets, like you know, like uh, the Romans, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. helmets, the metal helmets. So we'll have to see how it goes. So, I'm gentlemen, excited for that big dumb movie. I think it's gonna be really bad, but I'm gonna watch it. I'm have well, fun time. <laughs> have you never seen it? I watched when it came out. So yeah, yeah, no, no, practically nothing. So, well, Kyle and I, we are the Tragedy Cinema Podcast. He's Brett with the Evil Never Dies Podcast. Go give him a listen, give him a review. Um, Well, with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And And cut. cut. Clicking noise.